Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast, the One Louder Podcast. My name is Stephen Hill. I'm your host of the show. Um, this show essentially is me chatting to some of the best and the brightest, the most upcoming, the most exciting bands in the world of heavy metal at the moment. So something to look forward to during this whole COVID-19 crisis. We thought we'd give you a little bit of something extra uh, because bands are obviously trying to carry on and continue and do the things that bands need to do, which is make money release music, sell merch. Obviously, they can't tour at the moment. That's making that very, very difficult. So um, this is a good chance for us to talk about some bands who have released records recently and shine a little bit of a light on them. And this week, I'm very, very excited because I am joined by David Sanchez from Havoc. Now, if you're not familiar with Havoc then um, and you're a thrash metal fan, then prepare yourself for a bit of a treat. You might have just found your new favorite band. Um, if you are a Havoc fan, I mean, we're about to talk about their fifth records so i'm sure a few of you will be then um you know just what a great great band havoc are um i first came across the band in 2013 on their unnatural selection tour i think it's 2013 or 2014 they played in london with skeleton witch and i went down there not really knowing much about the band and i was just absolutely blown away i thought they were absolutely fantastic live great band um if you like megadeth uh, if you like just thrash metal in general then um i'm sure you're going to be really really impressed if you're not familiar with the band if you are familiar with the band as i've mentioned then um you know just what a great band they were ever since then i've 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 always made sure that every time they come through london i get to one of their shows they're a great band and they have just released their fifth album it's called five it came out on the first of may on century media so you can go out to wherever you get your kind of streaming sources your spotify's your apple music and go have a little listen to that now it is a great record really really good record and i'm um, delighted to be able to have david on to talk about it this week um but what you should do really is is actually buy a physical copy of it i mean we talk a little bit about the the problems that havoc are facing um what with the covid19 crisis going on them not being able to tour and how difficult that is um and you know obviously like i said at the start these bands need to keep themselves from um, you know, financially going under. So if you like the sound of what David has to say and you like the sound of his band, and I'm pretty sure you will, then go on and, um, and maybe pick up a, a Havoc vinyl. Um, but anyway, that's, um, that's just a little bit of encouragement for me to do that. It's a great record. We'll get more into it in, in the chat. And uh, yeah, let's throw over now to me talking to David Sanchez from Havoc. I am here with David Sanchez of Havoc. David, how are you? in your home studio i believe at the moment is that right i am i'm in the place where there's a studio in my home that's that's pretty <laughs> cool how, <laughs> how much how much time are you spending there at the moment what with the, the the pandemic kind of locking everybody down quite a bit actually i've been working on other bands mixes and mastering projects and mm -hmm. hopefully when i get some free time i'll be using this room to write new music Amazing. Well, I mean, obviously that's in the future. We'll probably talk about the future in a little bit and obviously what's going on in the moment uh, in a little bit as well. But um, Five, your fifth studio album has just come out. Uh, I mean, really, really quickly, what's it been like having to release a brand new record whilst everything in the world is happening in the way that it's happening right now? I mean, it kind of feels like that would be a very unusual kind of thing to get your head around as, you, as you're releasing a new record. Yeah, it's uh, definitely strange. It wasn't the most ideal time to release a, an album for any band, but it was either between releasing it now like we're doing or the other option was to delay it until an unknown time. 
and delaying the record, we didn't know if that was going to mean, okay, it's coming out six weeks later or it's coming out nine months later. So instead yeah. of trying to re, you know, steer the whole entire ship in a different direction and uh, not know where we're going to wind up, we decided to just roll with the date that we already had planned because everything was kind of already set up to, to make it happen. And it dropped uh, about a week ago. Yeah, it is exactly, as we record this, it's exactly one week since the record's been released. Um, uh, how's the first week of it being out in the in the, in the the public domain felt um, to you guys? We've had a lot of really positive uh, reactions from, from fans, and I think a lot of people that didn't even know we existed um, have been hitting us up saying that I didn't know about you guys till now, but this is great. And, uh, yeah, fans that are familiar with us seem to really dig it overall. Obviously, when you create any sort of art that's in the public eye, you're always going to have people that trash it because that's just the way Mm -hmm. the world works. But the overall overwhelming majority of, of feedback has been really positive. That's good to know. I mean, I think so. It's a, it's a great record to add to a very, very consistent back catalogue that you guys have built up over the last, well, what is it now? You guys have been a band for 15 or so years. Is that about the, the amount of time we're talking about? Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, 16 or 17 years now. Right. Okay. So even longer than I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, another great record. Um, if If you're a fan of thrash metal, then, I mean it feels like a kind of no-brainer to go after you guys at the moment. I think it's, it's been an interesting time for the development of thrash metal over the past decade or so. Um, how important is it to you to kind of continue that tradition of, of that music? Because, you know, it felt like, you know, obviously in the 90s it dropped off and then it kind of came back strong in the mid-noughties and that kind of revival, a few bands have, have sort of fallen off, but you seem to be one of the bands who are continually going from strength to strength with new music, if you know what I mean, rather than kind of people harking back to the the classics of the genre. It's important for me to carry a torch of riffs. (laughs) That's the main thing. Everyone, you know, uh, calls us a thrash band and I have no problem with that, that, uh, label because to me thrash is just fast aggressive heavy riff oriented metal and that's the stuff that made me fall in love with music in the first place so um you know i'm not trying to carry the flag of quote-unquote thrash i couldn't care less about the name but this you know it's about the feeling and the the feeling of my favorite kinds of metal are the stuff where there's a riff that just grabs, it sinks its claws into you and, uh, you know, pulls you in. And and obviously speed and, and aggression and energy and adrenaline are a big factor in um, what we do and what originally got me interested in music in the first place. Mm. I was going to ask you actually whether or not that was the kind of starting point for you, the kind of riff. Um, because obviously, I guess as we get into chatting about the record a little bit more, uh, we'll talk about the the ideologies and the the lyrics and the thematic things in amongst the record. But is that the kind of first place that you start with, with a riff, and then everything else that is the song kind of builds around it? Yeah, no doubt. The riff is the almighty riff. 
if you don't have good riffs, uh, you don't have a good metal song in, in, you know, our eyes of what we want to create to put out into the world. If, if there's not a good, like, you know, chunky piece of guitar art to, to be the foundation of the entire piece, then it don't really have much <laughs> for us to yeah, to sink true. our teeth into and for us to you know want to feel inspired to complete the whole song it, it needs that that's like the you know that's the concrete to our uh to our road that we're paving it's like the number one thing for us so yeah I can't imagine Black Sabbath getting very far if they just started every song with a with a flute solo you need that's you right. Need that riff to, to yeah. open it up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and as great as Geezer Butler and Bill Ward and Ozzy Osbourne are, people fucking love Black Sabbath because of the riffs. It's all about <laughs> the riffs. Like if they didn't have fucking amazing riffs and Tony Iommi was just kind of playing like uh chord progressions, you know, that band wouldn't be anywhere close to the same. Um it's all all of the 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 mystique and aura and just like the shit that makes you crunch your face up and like you just smelled something terrible that's all because <laughs> of the palm muting and just the the heaviness of, of and uh i guess the um the attack and like weight of a good riff stuff doesn't do that when you're just playing a open chord progression on, on, on a guitar. I mean, there's evil notes that you can play that make stuff really heavy and shit, but when you start getting into heavy distortion and palm muting, uh, that's when stuff starts getting really, really interesting and, and uh, extra heavy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Where, where does the song progress for you guys from there? Because I think, you know, obviously you guys have massive riffs that's definitely undeniable but um but there's a lot more to i think there's a lot more to what goes into making a havoc song and i guess particularly like i say thematically and lyrically um when does all that stuff start coming to the the table well normally normally it starts with a good riff but every once in a while a section of music will start with the drums first or uh, the okay. the bass first, but typically it's one of the instruments. Um, lyrics usually come after the music's already written. Uh, but you know we, we'll typically come up with some riffs from the riff pile, slap two of them together that seem to fit well, and then start building drums and start building bass lines around that. Um, and occasionally we'll experiment where. The original idea was to have two guitars playing in unison to make it super brutal and heavy. And sometimes we'll experiment and go kind of outside of that and play around with like, what if one of the guitars plays something completely different? Let's mess around with that idea. Um, exploring like that sometimes yields a really cool result that you never would have saw coming originally. And sometimes it doesn't work and you wind up going back to just doubling up the same guitar part. But after all the music's kind of there, that's when it, I start visiting my um, like idea pile 
Uh, I've got a, a bunch of little phrases and and so- potential song titles and little rhymes and just little chunks of uh, poetry and lyricism that I kind of sift through. And, uh, you know, I'll be listening back to the music of a, a new song and sifting through my ideas and kind of, you know, feel the music that is being played and figure out which of these ideas makes the most sense for the feeling that the music is creating. It, it It's often, um, you know, trying to figure out like, <laughs> our, our music is like a score for an idea and I need to figure out which right, okay. idea this, this score we made is th- the best suited for. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That is interesting. I think, um, I mean, yeah, I'm going to bring it up now, actually, because there's, uh, you know, I, we will obviously talk a lot about the themes and the lyrical content of of the new record, but particularly um, one that stood out for me was the the kind of the one-two of Dab Sog into Phantom Force. Um, now, I kind of looked up what that 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 kind of one-two was was about. And uh, in amongst quite a lot of very kind of prescient and very relevant political stuff was this incredible story. Um, do you want to kind of explain what those two songs are about and where you got the inspiration from? Or, I mean, it's one idea. Where you got the inspiration from that song form? Yeah, so the song Phantom Force is about dying in your sleep, basically dying in a nightmare. And mm. there's some people from Cambodia that uh called the Hmong people it's spelled h-m-o-n-g and these people um have very you know strongly held spiritual beliefs and uh one thing that happened is after a lot of people fled the war that happened there i think in the 60s or 70s a lot of the males who fled that war wound up mysteriously dying in their sleep um later after after leaving and fleeing the war so scientists have tried to get to the bottom of what exactly killed them but they don't exactly know and it's thought that maybe their beliefs are so strong that it caused some sort of a psychosomatic uh effect where where they they were so terrified that they literally just uh you know ceased to exist in their sleep um and they think that maybe it's just because of their belief system it's a completely insane sounding story um but it's absolutely true anyone who wants to research it can look it up um and and the reason that the intro for that song is is dab sog is in their culture the they believe that there's a demon that like sits on your chest and like holds you down with some sort of like sleep paralysis and they call that demon a dab sog. Right. That's very metal. It's very metal. And yeah, it is a little (laughs) out of place versus a lot of the other lyrics, but um, the, the song musically is so frantic and just kind of uh, crushing and almost sounds like, uh like schizophrenic and it is very very uh panicked sounding so mm. you know i was thinking about what lyrics would fit that and it's reese's song reese wrote the vast majority of phantom force 
Reese is Reese is the other guitar player, and uh, I know that he's got a fascination with um, sleep paralysis. So I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, I just had an idea. Like, what if I write the lyrics about this about your song? Um, what if I write it about Hmong sleep paralysis, where people die in their sleep?" Because it's kind of a scary, frantic song, and that's a scary, frantic subject. And and uh, I ran it by him, and he was like all about it. So that's what it turned into. It's a great song, and and like you say, I think it, it does stand up out a little bit from uh, the rest in the record in terms of thematically what it's about. But then I think if you were to to really think about it, which I, I have been really thinking about it as I've listened to your um, your record over the last week or so. Um, it seems to me that that's kind of a song which is not too dissimilar to <laughs> what you what you're kind of preaching a, a lot in in the record because it's basically about how your unwillingness these people's unwillingness to shake an idea of what they believed in ended up being their ultimate downfall and yeah in songs like post truth era uh, fear campaign betrayed by technology just being the first three you know I, I looking at the lyrics of those songs you do seem to have this kind of uh is it disdain for people and 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 how they choose to uh believe and think at the moment or is it um you know merely kind of looking rather than passing comment just well just comment on it on it rather than having any kind of opinion on it I don't have disdain for people. Um, I mm. do have a, a serious dislike of bad ideas. Right. Um, you know, just because uh, you hate cancer doesn't mean you hate people with cancer. Right. Just because you hate bad ideas doesn't mean you hate people who have bad ideas. Um so no, I don't have a disdain for people, um, but I do have a, a lot of of uh, pretty spitting vitriol for for uh, ideas that I think are are ruining our chances at our civilization becoming greater. Uh, right now, we're at a very critical time in human history, where I think that between technology and the sheer numbers of people and just, uh, you know, our state of things on this planet, I think that we're at a really crucial time where we can either totally fly away and lift off into outer space and, and make things go amazing and, and make this world incredible and, uh, better for everybody. Or we can fall off the cliff and, you know, splat all over the ground and shit ourselves. Mm. It's a really crucial time and it's hard to say which way it's going to go. But, uh, you know, I don't think, I think the stuff is building up and it's not just going to kind of stay the way that it's been for too much longer. You got to think World War One happened just over a hundred years ago. World War Two only happened a couple of decades after that. We haven't seen a major, major event since the '40s in this world, and uh, you know, not on that kind of a scale. I think we're long overdue to see some crazy shit, and in our lifetime, we're gonna see something uh, crazy happen. It's just, it's. 
I think it's undeniable that we're gonna we're gonna witness some crazy shit in our life. Yeah, it does feel like it's building to something. Um, so, I mean, certainly within you being in the US and me being in the UK, it does feel like that both of our countries are on this um, kind of uh, rattling freight train towards something. Um, yes, and uh, I, you know, I. I'm not quite sure exactly what that is, um, but it doesn't feel like a particularly nice or particularly inclusive uh, or particularly rational thing, whatever that thing is going to be. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's, yeah, you're, you're quite right. There's, there's probably something at the end of it. Um, I mean, how much hope do you hold out for seeing the end of this and, and things becoming more positive come the end of it i don't put too much stock in the idea that it's going to happen but i do put a ton of stock in the idea that it can happen there are so many people in this world that have a supercomputer in their pocket we are living in an age of information where ignorance is completely a person's choice we have If we had enough people to stop bickering with their neighbor and fighting over uh, meaningless uh, social issues in their politics and actually come together and recognize that we, most of us, have a common enemy that, that is ruling over us instead of listening to what the people want, if we come, if people came together, recognize their commonalities and, and their common enemy and stopped fighting with each other, there could be a worldwide revolution uh, fought and won in a weekend in this world. <laughs> it's a matter of, of divide and conquer that has been so effective over the ages. And unfortunately, it's still happening. There's a lot of people that are choosing to be ignorant and in the dark and and just uh, blindly accepting a lot of uh, instruction um, be out of fear or out of ignorance. And both of those things can be fought effectively with the tools that we have in this world. It's completely possible for us to overcome a lot of our problems that we have at the moment. Our biggest enemies are fear and ignorance. Why do you think there is such a level of division at the moment within people? Where do you think that comes from? Because I, I do feel like, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything you've just said. And I think the most sort of galling thing about it is, is, as I do remember a time where even when people massively had, you know, very basic dis- you know, disagreements on the way they wanted the world to be run, the, the level of vitriol and the level of kind of, as you've mentioned, fighting with your neighbour, I'm not sure that I've ever seen it be quite as extreme as it is right now um do you have any idea as to where that's come from or 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 why that exists in the way that it does i have uh some ideas on why maybe yes (laughs) well i think that uh like i said the divide and conquer tactics happen to work uh they 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 seem to be effective and it's been the case for hundreds of years if not thousands of years and uh you know, we, we seem to not be able to uh, shake 
that tactic off of our back. And I think that the people that are really in charge of a lot and stand to benefit the most um, from us, you know, not coming together and, and, uh, you know, going after these people who are true enemies of progress, um, they want us fighting with our neighbor because if we're just squabbling with our neighbors, we're never going to come together and start going after them. Uh, you know, we're all being played, not all of us, but so many of us, millions, if not billions of people are being played like a fiddle by these people. They're, people are giving in to fear. People are giving in to hatred and ignorance and, uh, you know, just not doing what is best for all of us. It, it, they're, they're remaining to, to be blindfolded. Uh, with their fingers in their ears and not not listening to other people uh, just because they don't agree politically um, or something you know like that it's no different than um, people who hate other people from that are fans of a different sports team like yeah it, it, the division goes that deep it goes between musical genres uh, sports teams what kind of TV shows you like. Uh, what political candidates you support, what kind of religion you are, what kind of sexual preference you have, uh, what kind of uh, color your skin is. Like the divisions are so, so varied and diverse and so uh, many of them exist uh, that they keep us distracted from how many things we have in common with each other. And I guarantee you, we have more in common with each other than we have uh, different. We're all unique. We all have our differences. However, th- at the end of the day, 99.99% of us all want uh, good water to drink, good food to eat, have friends, family, and uh, you know a clean uh, place to live and, and call a home. And, and we all want to be free. We all want to be able to do as you know, the things that we enjoy in life and, uh, you know, not, not have to live under someone else's thumb. We, we want to be free as much as, uh, as we can. I I think everyone should be able to do whatever they want as long as they're not infringing on the rights of someone else. Um, but those are the things that we have in common and those are huge things. We all want food, water, friends, family, shelter, and freedom. We, we ha- all have that in common pretty much, but somehow we uh, are tricked into focusing on the division. We're, fo- we're, we're tricked into focusing on the things that we don't have in common with other people. And that's what keeps us uh, in fear, in ignorance, in, in, uh, in a perpetual state of disjointed, um, you know, irrationality. Yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself. You're you're you're, you're quite right, and um, I mean, I was going to ask, which seems maybe a little bit trite after that um, th- that sort of uh, thing that you've just said. But how Im- how much do you think you know these ideas that you expose through your music, the you know the kind of opinions that you put out through your records? Um, how much do you think? music can inspire people to think and change because obviously 
when you get a record like your new record, it's very pointedly something that I listen to and go, this is a band who, who want to reach out to people and, and try and say something to them. Um, how important is it to you that, you know, that that message gets across and that those people listen? Well, what you uh, just said and asked is not trite at all. I, I think it's really important because my personal opinion is that art can save the world. I think that art is the only thing that is going to save us if there is something. Uh, political leaders are not going to do it. They don't give a fuck about the people that they're ruling over. They're they're not, uh, you know, put there. They're they're put there to make decisions in our best interest. And we see time and time again that that does not happen. Um, we can't expect religion to save us. We can't expect politics to save us. We can't expect celebrities to save us. Art can really connect with people and really change people's minds. And I don't mean just visual art or just music. I'm talking about uh, uh, poetry, writing, uh, music, visual arts, um, movies. There, there's, there's a lot of different mediums that artists use. And I think that more can more thought can be provoked from a three-minute song than listening to, uh, you know, an hour of someone uh, uh, talking, or giving a lecture. I think mm -hmm. I think you can you can connect with people in in a very primal, subliminal, visceral way through art. The medium of art can can connect with people in a much deeper way than a, a news network ever could, and uh, because of that. I, I think that art really has the capability to save us. It, it, it's a way to, uh, you know, express an idea very, very quickly. Um, you know, the, the same goes, especially with like visual arts. You, you could have an idea expressed. They say, you know, a photo, an image is worth a thousand words. Um, that's, that's totally the thing. You, you can have a, a piece of visual art that represents a ton of different things. Um, and there's no words attached at all. You, you, it'll, it, there's, you can see something that makes you think with, without having to explain anything. Art is, is beautiful because it's up to interpretation and it can start a conversation and, uh, you know, an artist can get an idea out without, um, debate really. And mm -hmm. art, art is a statement. It's not really a, a conversation necessarily. Um, when someone creates a recording of a of a song, or creates a movie, or creates a painting, or whatever, they're they're putting it out into the world, and there's a period on the end of it. It's not like I'm putting this out there to wait for everyone else to argue with me or respond to it. It is a statement, and art can create such a strong statement that I think. Um, just connects with people in such in such a way that that I really think it has the potential to to change the world and make the world a better place. And uh, so, go go sorry, ahead. Go on. No, no, I'm. I, no, I, I, I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, is your intention with Havoc to reach and to connect with as many people as humanly possible? Would that be the kind of uh, a major goal for you guys? 
Yeah, I think that um, I had a real realization uh, a handful of years ago that's just, you know, I have a, a lot of these ideas kick, floating around in my head and uh, I'd like to get them out. And instead of writing essays or trying to argue with people on the internet, I'd rather just say what is going on in my head in a song and maybe it'll touch somebody and uh, inspire somebody to to think in a different way. And here's the thing. I don't want everyone to think like me. I just want people to think. So, you know, it dawned on me a handful of years ago that, you know, there's enough bands singing about the devil and singing about murder and singing about all kinds of other stuff that, uh, you know, is very metal and, and, uh, you know, I have no problem with singing about that kind of stuff, but that stuff has, uh, you know, been been done and it's not the stuff that consumes my thought the the kinds of lyrics that i write for the most part are things that i think about like on a weekly basis and uh i feel like i need to get it out of my brain and if since i have this platform where people are listening to me i might as well use it for something positive and and try to make the world a little bit better uh than it was before I think if everyone made an effort to try to leave the world a little bit nicer than the way that they found it, we would live in a, you know, a planet like the Jetsons. We'd all have flying cars and uh, <laughs> shit would be groovy. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I ask is because obviously as the years have progressed throughout, especially I think throughout this last decade, in terms of its, um, what would you call it, its commercial appeal, um, Metal's been on, uh, a fair, I think, an interesting journey, an interesting uh, rise and build and fall, and um, and it feels like right now, as we sit here in in two thousand and twenty, um, metal is not maybe commercially as, I mean, it's never really been a well respected genre throughout, you know, the world particularly. I don't think it usually gets credit for writing songs like phantom force you know which is a, a a great thing to write a song about a really interesting thing to write a song about and um far more interesting than many cooler hipper pop acts might have ever considered writing something about but yet metal doesn't seem to get its dues in the eyes of the majority of people and i think we're in a position at the moment where um there are some great bands around but it still feels like metal doesn't connect on a broader level, um, do you think? That, well, do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a fair, a fair statement. Um, I think part of that is because the the music itself is so abrasive for regular people, uh, quote unquote yeah. regular people. Um, you know, distorted <laughs> stuff and just like brutal brutality is not stuff that a lot of people want to listen to, you know, it's, uh, for, for many people, it's not pleasant to, to listen to. It's very abrasive and just harsh on their ears. Totally understand that. Um, as far as, uh, what metal has to say and put out there into the world as a message. Um, I think maybe people are judging the entire genre based on a couple of things. Maybe they see or hear uh, something that's um, extremely uh, satanic or or violent or talking about murder or rape. 
and um, you know the devil and stuff, and these, maybe those kinds of things are people's first impression of metal, and they're like, "Ugh, fuck all of that! I don't want to have to listen to anything like that." And maybe those people don't even understand that there's metal bands that that play heavy stuff that aren't talking about the devil or murdering or raping people. I, I think yeah, it, I think possibly. the genre gets kind of mocked and it's widely misunderstood. And uh, I think maybe it's due to bands like that. Um, and there's nothing wrong. I, I don't dislike bands like that. I love a lot of bands that talk about that kind of shit in their lyrics. However, maybe that's why metal gets kind of mocked and looked at as like a you know, not serious kind of music because people's only exposure to it is those kinds of, of uh, bands and lyrical themes. It does feel like quite a um, an antiquated idea of metal, I think, when it's now 2020. And that idea, I think, has pretty much been... That, that metal is just that, has pretty much been disproven really at this point if you pay enough you know obviously a lot of people don't pay that much attention to it but right yeah that, <laughs> that to me I, I, you know you know i think that's the problem i mean you know I, I i kind of i kind of long for a day where people do go actually do you know what this stereotype has been around for 30 something years and it's just not really accurate do you know what i mean yeah i would love to see that happen too um obviously people that have any interest in the genre would realize that you know, that's not the case. Not every metal band's talking about the devil and murdering people. But we live in a world where so many people are wrapped up in uh, popular culture. And popular culture's image of metal bands is partying, getting fucked up, uh, you know, banging girls, worshipping the devil, uh, teasing their hair, wearing makeup, and like that's the image that popular culture has of metal um you know you got to think there's still people that are you know obsessed with the kardashians and watching uh hollywood award shows to see what dresses people are wearing and shit like that these are the people that we're talking about and these are the people that are never yeah. going to look deeper into the metal world and understand that there's a lot of great lyricists and great messages and very positive things that are being talked about in the metal world um you know, to those people, uh, the the most positive metal song they've ever heard is uh, "Nothing Else Matters" or you know, "Sister Christian" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, do you ever foresee a time where metal gets a kind of um, a shot back into the sort of arenas that it was playing in during the you know the kind of the, the mtv dominating era of the mid 80s or whatever do you ever see a time where metal gets kind of um re fast gets another kind of commercial shot in the arm again do you see that happening or metal becomes fashionable again yeah um you know anything is possible i i, I can't say that i don't see that ever happening um and I can't say for sure that I do see that happening. Um, yeah, it, it's impossible to say what's what's going to happen. Crazier things have happened, so it's not unthinkable that um, you know metal will will uh, still be played in in arenas and stadiums in in thirty years. 
And, uh, you know, on, on the flip side, it's it's not unthinkable that it becomes even more underground than it already is and uh, just sticks into clubs and theaters. Um, it's it's not totally up to metal artists for that to happen. No. It's really about no, uh, the media. Jim Morrison from The Doors said it the best. Who controls the media controls the mind. And if the media doesn't want to make metal artists into a big deal, those artists probably are not going to be a big deal. It's, uh, you know, it's not totally up to the artists. It's up to the the system, as as I guess we could call it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it would be great. Like from from my personal perspective, I'd love to see a day where a band like your own, you know, where a very articulate message that you guys have to spread can be spread to a greater number of people a number of people who who aren't getting nourished in that way by a lot of mainstream culture at the moment i you know i i, I kind of personally i i kind of i i wish for that quite hard yeah that would be a beautiful thing um there's there's a lot of insanely talented bands that I think should be way bigger than they are. And I don't just mean in the metal world, just in general, like there are so many amazing artists that uh, are, are, they just create beautiful art and they're so good at their instruments, um, whether it's their voice or a a physical instrument um, that, that don't get really much recognition and uh, aren't known. Uh, Yet you have, you know, all of these, uh, hip hop artists and pop artists that, you know, uh, are whispering into a microphone and, and creating number one albums or, uh, you know, just using auto tune and there's not a single real instrument in the musical track. Um, that stuff is just obliterating the charts and just dominating over all other genres. And, and to me, that's, mm-hmm. That's really fascinating and, and also just frustrating and kind of sad. Um, there's there's tons of artists that I could think of that a lot of people have probably never heard of that I think are fucking incredible. That should be household names that everyone in the world should know who these musicians are. But but that's not the case. It's not the world we live in. Like I said, uh, Jim Morrison's quote rings perfectly true. Who controls the media controls the mind. Yeah, that's true. Um let's get back to talking about the new record because i think one of the things that um that that i'm a bit of a uh, you know as a kind of album nerd um and i like to kind of listen to a record and go oh how would i have sequenced that and how long is this and where would that track fit there um one thing i loved about the new record is i guess the consistency of the songs particularly when you get to the last couple of tracks um merchants of death into don't do it as a one two closer is a real sweet spot on the record for me um and in my personal opinion just kind of that what 10 minutes and 50 seconds of music just really showcases everything that's great about sort of furious technical i won't say thrash metal because i know we've already tried to you know distance ourselves from that term a little bit no i i I embrace it it's totally cool proficient Okay, cool. All right, well, yeah, fuck it then. Thrash metal and um, and what it can do in twenty twenty. Like that last ten minutes is a, like it's just a great. It's great to hear a band sign off a record. And I think a lot of metal bands and a lot of metal albums that I've been listening to over the last couple of years, 
if there's been one thing that has sort of frustrated me a little bit is the fact that I, you know, you they don't keep the momentum to the very end. And the great thing about five is that I think it it really does. I mean, is, is there a sweet spot on the record for you? And um, yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, I I really appreciate the kind words. That's very very cool That's to hear. Like. Um, I'm glad that you dug the end of it. Um, I don't really have a particular favorite spot of the album. I really like every song on it genuinely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the the album wouldn't be the same if any song one song got taken off of it. So, um, you know, that we tried to make the track listing in a way where it kept the listener's attention and made th- made you constantly kind of feel like, oh shit, what's about to happen next? Uh, we threw some curveballs, musical curveballs on the record that, you know, with some like strange acoustic in- intros and just some, yeah, yeah. just some, we threw a little bit of weirdness on the record uh, mm. intentionally just to keep people on their toes and, and make it an interesting listen from start to finish um, instead of just bludgeoning everybody over the head with, uh, you know, fucking brutality the whole time there's nothing wrong with doing that but we wanted to make it more of a roller coaster ride instead of uh you know just a zero to 60 like you know suck you into the back of your seat kind of a thing we wanted to make it have some peaks and valleys and really kind of take you on a on a, a journey and hopefully when people listen to the record my number one hope is that people want to hit repeat and listen to it again uh, I really hope that it's not one of those albums where you listen to it once and people are like, yeah, okay, I had enough <laughs> and move on. Never, no. never revisit it. I, I don't think it is. I mean, like I say, my, my kind of my recent main criticism with, with metal albums is, uh, I mean, you know what we were just, and I think it's kind of, uh, it ties into what we were just talking about, about kind of more mainstream artists. And it, it feels like the, the art of making a full record um not all the time but in 2020 it feels like that has become slightly less of a concern for a lot of bands and and a lot of musical artists the idea of crafting like you say a journey um giving you depth and giving you things that you can come back to and hear the second time around that you maybe didn't get the first time around and kind of keeping your attention all the way through by giving you these much wider parameters of of, of where the music goes i feel it's kind of you know it's been a, it's been a, a pretty good t- there's been some really great records that have come out but a lot of them are just like uh, quite a lot of records i hear now i just go it's five or five songs and then by the end you know I'm, I'm out at the end of the 45 minutes i'm really thinking this could have ended 15 minutes ago and i don't get that with this record and i think that shows um that you've really tried to craft an an actual album, like that the art of making an album is obviously important to you. Well, thanks a lot for the kind words. I really, really uh, appreciate that. Um, You know, with, uh, with so many albums, and it's been this way for decades, uh, a lot of Mm. times with artists of all genres, it seems like there's a big push for a couple of the singles on the album, and that's kind of the only good tracks on it, and the rest of it kind of is like, yeah, whatever. Uh, people buy the album just to, for the two songs, really, 
and uh, a lot of the rest of it's kind of filler. We tried to n- never put filler. Obviously, um, the way people feel about that is always going to be different. Um, but mm-hmm. we we tried to make sure that um, you know this album wasn't about a song or two songs that we're really trying to push and everything else is just kind of like, yeah, whatever we needed to fill time. Uh, you know, I think we're living in, in an age where the way that the album as, as we know it with, you know, a 45 minute running time and it's a, a collection of eight to 15 songs that all come out on one, uh, pressing, I think that that is possibly in its, uh, you know, final times. We look at pop and hip hop artists and stuff like that, and they put out a new song every uh, couple of months. And I think that it, in in the age that we live in, where people have such short attention spans and content on the regular basis, is a really big factor in keeping you uh, uh, in people's minds. I think that in the f- near future, that may be the way that things start going and we start seeing albums less and less and we start seeing more and more singles and EPs. And I don't have a problem with that. That's totally cool. It makes it fun for the artist because every time you go on tour, you have new music to play. Like, oh shit, yeah, they yeah. just put out this new song like a, a month ago. When I go see them, they're going to play it live. Oh, I have to go now. It makes it more fun for the artist because you have new stuff to play every time you tour. makes it more fun for the listener because they're constantly getting a stream of new stuff. And it's not so much new stuff that, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the fan gets uh, bludgeoned with, with a bunch of material and then they have to wait three years for new stuff. Um, it, it, I think it would allow for, for artists to be more creative, maybe get a little more uh, irregular and outside of their normal box. I think this is a big reason that in the seventies artists got very experimental. Um, you'd have artists that would release three albums in a year. And when you're doing that, it's fine. If one of your albums is a little out there and weird, if people don't like it, well, you know, fuck off. There's going to be a new one in four months. (laughs) So like, just relax. Uh, it could be the same thing with, with, uh, bands releasing singles and EPs, um, on a more regular basis. We might hear more experimentation because it's not, Hey, we need to, we need to put out a record. That's, uh, going to make all of our fans happy or we don't want to fucking totally change our style and have everyone not like our band anymore. Maybe you want to change your style and make one weird song and you put it out. Maybe some people like it. Some people don't, but the good news for the fans just relax. There's going to be a new song coming in two months. That's completely different than this. Um, yeah, I, I think it, would, it it could be a good thing for creativity and just for fans to, and for bands. But, uh, the album, like you were saying, um, as a whole seems to not be a focus anymore. I think that in the near future, it's possible that, that it becomes even, even less, even less of a focus for bands. Um, yeah. So shame. I think it's a a shame to lose that discipline of, you know, as someone who grew up with, you know, listening to albums and getting into music that way, obviously maybe I just sound like an old man screaming at the clouds or whatever, but you know, it would be a shame if, we saw the sort of 
you know, the denigration of the album to the point where bands don't feel like the need to try. Because I, I still think as great as a kind of four track stopgap EP is or as great as a song can be, the kind of journey of a record um, is the most special thing in music, to, to my ears anyway. Yeah, and I totally uh, would agree that, um, you know, an album is a way different statement than a, a single or an EP. And I don't think that albums are going to just go away forever, but I think that we may see a move uh, toward less of them. And uh, it could be, like I said, beneficial for the artist because it is a giant undertaking. And maybe this is part of why you appreciate an album. Uh, Doing an album is a huge undertaking. Like, Hey guys, we need to get together and write 10 new songs. It's much easier to say, Hey guys, Let's get together and write two new songs. That's a way less intensive um, task for a for a band or an artist to do. Like, hey, yeah, let's come up with a, a good new song this uh, winter or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. That's way less of, of a huge task for a, a band that tours a lot versus going into studio for six weeks and, uh, you know, tra- basically fucking purging their brain of of uh hundreds of ideas and putting it all onto one little disc that people can listen to or one little mp3 file that's on their computer so uh i i can totally understand why that is a something to to desire and and get into more it it is a way bigger representation of of um you know, a big effort put in by an artist versus a single or two songs. Yeah, I agree. But um, who knows what will happen in the future with with albums and where they go? But all I know is uh, you've got a very good one here, and I'm I'm and and so you know, obviously, well done on that. I mean, I would imagine that the first thing you want to do at this point is to go out and tour it and play these songs live to people, but. Um, uh, I mean, I, plans like where everyone, I guess, are, are up in the air, up in the air at the moment. Um, how's what are your kind of plans for the future, and what are your kind of hopes? And um, you know, how frustrating is it to for the album to come out and for you to not be able to promote it in the the kind of traditional manner? Uh, we can't tour. Wow, what's what's going on? I mean, I, um are you it's presumably then i mean i don't know are you planning on touring is that (laughs) that's happening i'm just being uh an asshole yeah Um, i thought you might be yeah fine all right yeah we can't go on tour right now for very very obvious reasons um we had a lot of touring planned for this release and for this year and as of now a hundred percent of our plans have been canceled so we don't know when we're going to be able to go out on the road. Um, that's kind of the most frustrating thing about this whole weird situation that we're in is just the uncertainty. No bands really know what's going to happen next or when we're going to be able to make a living doing our job again. There's no telling when it's going to happen. So we would love to tour play these new songs, get out on the road. That's what we love to do. It's, you know, what we do best. I really feel like we're a a live band more than we're a a studio band. So Mm -hmm. we would love to get out and get back to it, but 
as of now, there is zero indication as to when specifically that's going to happen. It's got to be very frustrating, that. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating and, and definitely very, very strange. Um, we've we've already discussed that maybe what we'll do with this downtime now that you know touring is off of the table, maybe we'll start bouncing some new ideas back and forth and maybe we'll write a a whole nother album during this downtime. I don't know. There's a, there's definitely a strong possibility of that happening, but um, I don't know. We, we will see. We're all kind (laughs) of, we're all kind of biting our fingernails and wondering when stuff is going to come back. And that doesn't go just for bands, but you know, all forms of entertainment and not even that, just people, regular people that have a, you know, a, a day job, like so much is uncertain at this point. And, uh, it's, it's really strange. I'm not particularly worried about, um, you know, our band. I'm, I'm more interested in what the hell is going to happen on a worldwide scale for all of humanity. That's way more, um, uh, <laughs> unsettling than than what's going to happen with havoc and touring. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Um, it it is a very uncertain time, and I think unfortunately, yeah, it's it's something unfortunate is going to happen. Um, off the back of it, uh, it either that or something more, really great is going to happen, and it could go either way. So, well, maybe. we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm glad you've got a. a your glass is half fuller than mine, I think, uh, <laughs> either be it, be it the economy or just more kind of unfortunate um, ends to people's lives. That This is a pretty, pretty brutal time to be alive. But um, we do have, uh, you know, some great music coming out. And I'm glad you guys managed to get the record out because it's a it's a fucking smashing record. I have to say really, really great. So, um Yes, thank you very much for talking to us, Dave. We really appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to let you get back to your studio because I'm sure you're a busy man and you've got plenty of um, riffs to write. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot for taking the time with me. I, I had a good time. Uh, we should do it again someday. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll do it in a in, in person at a venue while you guys are playing these songs. Fingers crossed. Yeah, sounds great. That would be the one. All right, lovely. Thanks for talking to us, man. Much appreciated. Cheers. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, there you go. That was me chatting to David Sanchez from Havoc. As I mentioned, you know, the album five is out now. It is a great thrash metal record. If you're into your Megadeth, your creators, your Slayers, your uh, Power Trips, some of the more modern um, wave of thrash metal bands, then I think you will have a joyous time listening to the new Havoc record. It's out right now, so you can go and get it. It's out, as I said, it's on CD, it's on LP, and it's available as a digital download. So, you know, give those guys some love, give them a little bit of help, and um, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, Very much appreciated. You can follow us, actually. Go to at LouderPost if you want to follow us on Twitter. Obviously, we're also on Instagram and Facebook as well, and you'll get more details of when more of these podcasts will be going up. But that, um, for now, is me. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon.